is a saying, there's somebody coming much greater than me. It's Vladimir Pickman. <laughs> executive director of Petra Shalom, the largest Messianic Jewish community, ministry in Germany. He is also professor in Dallas. And I'm so happy. He has been in Wallhausen already. So he can tell you that I told a bit of the truth. And, uh, it's such a signal that a ministry like yours is in the middle of our capital in Berlin. Thank you so much. It's it's such a privilege to have such friends, isn't it? It's such a blessing. I'm honored just to have you as our friends. Just last June, we spent, as whole family, we spent one week <laughs> staying in their house. I mean, castle or whatever. <laughs> it's, it was very cozy, very nice, uh, very warm and very friendly. We were blessed and we were introduced to all this history. We saw the vineyards, we saw this old uh, castle uh, that is now like ruins, but still it's, it has this history itself, it's, if you will have some possibility, come and visit this uh, place. It's absolutely precious what you will see there. And the people, I mean, there, Philippa and Michael, Sal, such great people, such a blessing and such a privilege. Well, uh, when I hear this story, my first reaction is, wow, such a rich history. And at the same time, I understand we're so different. I cannot say that I stayed in this, or my family stayed somewhere more than 100 years probably, because for 2,500 years or more, we travel. Yes. <laughs> well, and our ancestors that we can like relate to are much like far away in the history, like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, uh, Moses, uh, Yeshua. Well, uh, there is nothing to boast and all this. Sometimes, or many times, I feel, well, it would be nicer to have something for 900 years <laughs> than 2,500 or 2,600 years of traveling. Well, Moses, he's somewhere there. A nice ancestor's closer in history would be, would be nice. So we have different backgrounds. And probably, our ways would never cross if not Yeshua, the King of Israel, the King of the Jewish people. Rabbi Marty already mentioned today this passage from the book of Ephesians, 
chapter 2. In Yeshua, in Jesus, we are made one. We sat in one body. So with Prince Michael, I, I'm in the same body. We are sort of re, re, like relatives now. In spite of 25, 2600 years of traveling on my part and 900 years of being settled on his, we finally met. In Yeshua, and it counts for something. Praise the Lord. And that's something what I love TJC2 initiative for. But let me be a little bit, look, I, I have to do that. I don't have any vineyards or some other. I'm a, I'm a theologian, so let me do something theological. I'm going to read from the Bible. May I? So uh, let me go to... Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, the passage that was already mentioned. There were two groups of people. Jewish people who were near, and Gentiles, other nations, who were far. And in Yeshua, those who were far are brought near. In the, and in Ephesians chapter, 40, uh, chapter 2, verse 14, we read, for he, Yeshua, himself, is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall by abolishing in his flesh the enmity, which is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so that in himself he might make the two into one new man thus establishing peace, and might reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross, by it having put to death the enmity. Now, I want to bring to your attention a few things from this passage. First, he is our peace, who made both group into one and broke that division that was between us. That's something what he did. He made us one and broke the division. In this passage, there are two reasons to do that. So he had a purpose. It was not just he did, he broke, and he made them one. There was a purpose. And this purpose was in two things. First, to make the two into one new man. That was the first part. But it was not the end. There was another purpose. So this one new man led to another, even higher purpose. Namely, in verse 16, and might reconcile, and it's also like infinitive there in uh, original Greek text, and might reconcile them both in one body to God through their cross. Now, so now, he turns down the division, he brings two into one, 
to create one new man in order to reconcile us both to God. That's the major reconciliation in the body, in the, in, in the Bible and actually in the entire universe. We were separated from him, both Jews and Gentiles. We were both far away from him, but Yeshua came to bring us back into the normal relationship with our Heavenly Father. And he did it, not just like there is a Jewish way around there, <laughs> and there is a Gentile way somewhere like across the river. <laughs> no! He reconciled us both. So what, did Yeshua, what Yeshua did, he brought us together to reconcile with him. Just notice. Without Jewish people, there is no body of the Messiah. So without Jewish believers in Yeshua, there is no body, there is no church at all, as well as without the Gentiles. The Jewish Messianic body is not complete. The kingdom of God, it's just like, it's, it's a handicap, sort of. It's not the body that God intended it to be. And now, as a Jew, I could never be reconciled with God if not the Gentiles. You as a Gentile, you could never be reconciled with God if not the Jewish people. You see the point? We need each other. The reconciliation between us is, the par is a part of the divine plan to reconcile us both with Him. We need each other to be reconciled with God. There is no salvation. There is no possibility to be, to be born again or whatever terminology you want to use without unity between us. We can never experience salvation without Jewish people and Gentiles who believe in Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, to be reconciled with God without reconciliation with each other. There is no other way. When we, uh, let me be a little bit practi practical about this passage. We Jewish people who believe in Yeshua, we need to pay attention to evangelizing the world, all the nations, because it's part of the divine plan of our reconciliation with the Father. I got to share the good news with other nations. That's what the Apostle Paul did. He was the Apostle of Gentiles. And then the, uh, and the Apostle Peter, who was actually like sent to the Jewish people, to the circumcised so-called, he was, he was sent to the Gentiles. He was the, he was the one to, uh, actually to preach to the Gentiles. He was the one who was going to foreign cities and countries to share the gospel with the Gentiles. Why? Because they were Jewish. It's our Jewish Messianic Great Commission to the Gentiles. Go into all nations, make them, into, make them disciples. 
So we, we need to take care of this. But you as Gentiles, you need to care for the Jewish people to find their way to their Messiah Yeshua, to Jesus. Look, when you share the gospel with uh, different nations, you always need to pay attention to a context. So contextualizing. So you need to do something in order uh, for other people to understand yourself. So, for example, to to a Greek, you like a Greek. You uh, you put uh, uh, you dress yourself as a Chinese. If you want to reach to Chinese, you learn the language. You try to find a proper translation. So uh, you always contextualizing with the Jewish people. You don't need to contextualize. You just share Yeshua as he was and is. Because coming uh, or bringing Yeshua to Jewish people, it's bringing Yeshua or Jesus home. You see the difference? It's his people. It's his home. It's his own. And according to Romans chapter 11, verse 11, it's written, Salvation has come to the Gentiles to provoke Jewish people to jealousy. And I cannot resist the temptation to give you an example that I usually give how to share the gospel with a Jewish person. You talk to a Jewish person and you tell to him, for example, let's assume it's him. You know, your Messiah blessed me. Your Messiah forgave all my sin. Your Messiah gave me quality in your life that will never end. Your Messiah is the best what I have in my life. And I'm so happy to be with your Messiah. Do you know your Messiah? His name is Yeshua. Oh, please tell it with your words, but keep it in mind. Be excited about what you have in Yeshua. And don't forget to share it with the Jewish people. Because your reconciliation with God is only and solely possible if we are together reconciled to him, Jewish people and Gentiles. <coughs> and talking of one new man, so this, uh, this word, magic word, one. Uh, magic even for the Jewish people because we say Shema Israel Adonai Vaheinu Adonai Echad Hear Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So let me talk just very briefly about the mystery of his oneness, of his unity. His Echad, one, as it's revealed in the prayer of Yeshua in uh, John chapter 17. It was also mentioned uh, tonight by Prince Michael. I read the, uh, the passage from verse 20, the Gospel of John chapter 17, and Yeshua prays. I do not ask on behalf of this alone, so his first disciples, but for those also who believe in me through their word, that they may be, may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me 
and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. The glory which you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, just as we are one. I in them, and you and me, that they may be perfected in unity, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them, even as you have loved me. Several, several times we see here this magic word, one. Something what uh, in, uh, for many people who are not familiar with, uh, probably with like some Hebrew language of uh, the Old Testament in this regard, is very difficult to understand. God revealed himself as one. But there are some images of his one, of his echad. Do you remember, it, uh, like, husband and wife, they will be one, echad. Now, just think for a second. One what? One flesh. Now, think for another second. One, not one spirit, not one soul, not in one house, and not in one bed, excuse me, but one flesh. If you are married, just keep it in mind, you are one flesh with your wife. Flesh means flesh. In Hebrew, uh, it's like meat. So like the same word, so it's really flesh. It's a mystery actually. I love my wife, but one flesh? That's something what I need to believe in, in order to accept. We are very different, and we are one flesh. Why? Because God said, let's create the man according to our image. And he created the man according to his image. He created the man, the husband or the man and the woman, he created them. It's like crazy wordplay. <laughs> so a man alone is not the image of God. Sorry for that. And the woman alone is not, as well. But both, as flesh and heart, one flesh, they were. And then, there is another, another mysterious heart in the Bible. The nation of Israel are one people. Am Israel goy echad. Again, this Mysterious heart. All these Jewish people, and you know, two, Jew, uh, two Jews, three opinions, right? <laughs> we all, with all our different opinions, we are one. Can I feel it? No. <laughs> Can I see it? No. 
I need to believe it. So, the perfect marriage, the good marriage, is a good picture of God in this world. The people of Israel, they were called to be the image of God in this world, in this mysterious oneness. And suddenly Yeshua prays the same about his disciples. Make them one. Make them a heart for the world to see that you, Father, and I are one. Now, Jewish people have difficulties with Trinity, or whatever way you call it. Why? Because we have difficulties in our marriages. <laughs> I give you a few seconds to digest this idea. <laughs> we have problems with Trinity. Why? Because we have problems with our people as one people. Many Christians today, they have difficulties with understanding the Trinity. Again, whatever theological or way, other way you want to call it. Why? Because there is no unity in the body of the Messiah. And, to understand, and nobody can understand the mystery of the divine heart. You cannot put it on different shelves like in the library and set a tag that it's like that's the son and that's the spirit and that's the father. Let's describe it perfectly and properly and put it in a catalog. No. There is no way to do it. Because it's a mystery. And this mystery is represented in this world by his body. And the only, or the most perfect, the most proper, visible expression of the divine unity, or the unity of Yeshua and the Father, this Ehad oneness, is the church, the body of the Messiah, that consists Jews and Gentiles. Yeshua said in his prayer, make them one for the world to see that you sent me, that I am the Messiah. We cannot be successful in any evangelistic attempt unless there is unity. And the biblical example and pattern of unity is Jews and Gentiles worshiping and living together. In Germany, when I say that, everybody is like, we're on the same page. Yes, I do believe this. It's good. But what's now? What's to do with that? We need to bring this unity into expression. This unity has to become visible. Because then God is getting visible in this world. We are we're making it visible in the place we are 
Not because I'm so holy and there is like something on <laughs> above my head, shining, radiance or whatever. No. We are making him visible by the way we treat each other and we live in unity with each other. So we need to make our unity visible. I know that most of you were on the same page. Share it with others. Teach others. But in our Messianic communities and the churches, we need to show this unity. If we march, we march together. If we have a prayer conference, we pray together. If we do evangelism, we do it together. So next time you plan a conference, think, are the Jewish people invited? I mean, Jewish believers? Maybe we need to give a place for a Jewish believer to say something at this conference. If there is an evangelistic outreach, are there Jewish evangelists also involved? And if we as Messianic Jews doing something, a conference, is there a Gentile speaker as well? Is there somebody who is participating in our evangelistic outreach who is not Jewish? Maybe from a church, from a particular church? The world has to see in all we do that we are one. It's not a theological statement. It should become a pattern of life. It should become the lifestyle. Then the world will see the mystery of the divine Echad. Oneness. Then the world will see Yeshua. And the best way to show Yeshua in this world is in the healthy marriage. In the healthy nation of Israel. And in our case, primarily, tonight, and in all days of our life, through the unity in the body of the Messiah. The unity that begins with Jews and Gentiles, walking together, not just worshiping, walking together, following the footsteps of our Messiah Yeshua. Him may be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Amen.